episode is being recorded and streamed live on TalkShoe.com. Amen. Amen. God bless you, children of God. I do greet each of you once again in the mighty and the precious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer, our very present help in times of trouble. We thank God for this another day, another opportunity to worship our creator in spirit and in truth. For those of you worshiping with us for the first time, I am Apostle Robert Bryant, pastor of the Christian Center Church Worldwide headquarters in Kinston, North Carolina, USA. And I'd like to welcome you to another edition of Living the Word, a place where sound doctrine is brought to the ears of millions of God's people all over the world. We do thank God for each of you. We pray that the Lord is blessing you very well wherever this broadcast is finding you. Understand this, my brother and my sister. You and I were created to be blessed. God 
wants to bless us. God wants to give us good things. And he gives us his word to study, to show ourselves approved unto him so that we will know what to do. So we will know what to say. So we will know how to behave in order to receive the blessings that he has for us. Now, if you and I don't want to study or we have something else to do or we feel something else is more important, we will hinder our own blessings because we won't know what God wants us to do. We won't know what God wants us to say. We won't know what God wants us to think. And we will hinder our own blessings. My prayer for you, my prayer for me, my encouragement for you, my encouragement for me. May we study God's word, stay in his presence as often and as much as possible. Now, what the Lord is bringing to my spirit now is my days as a school teacher. Now, basically, I had two types of students as a school teacher. I had the students that really did not care too much about what I was saying and what I was teaching and the lesson. They didn't care too much about it. They tried to stay out of class as much as possible. They tried to stay away from around me as a teacher as much as possible. They studied their book or their lesson as little as possible. These students normally did not make good grades. These students normally did not know much of the subject matter. But then I had another group of students. They tried to stay around me as much as they possibly could. They tried to study their lesson as much as they possibly could. They tried to gain as much information. They asked questions. Well, these students normally made much higher grades, much higher marks at the end of the day than the first group. You say, Apostle, what are you saying to us? Which kind of Christian are you? Are you the kind of Christian that is trying as hard as you can to stay away from worship, to stay away from the word of God, to stay away from uh, the revelation of God? Or are you the kind of Christian? that is studying as much as you can, learning and listening to God's prophets, listening to God's apostles, and trying to stay as close as you possibly can. Which type of Christian are you, my brother and my sister? My prayer for each of us, may we be the latter in the name of Jesus. May we be the kinds of Christians uh, the Bible says in the book of Acts that now the Bereans were of more noble character than the Thessalonians, for they received the word with eagerness and searched the scriptures every day to see if Paul's words were true. You say, Apostle, what are you letting us know? Two Christians. Two groups of Christians, Bereans, Thessalonians. Bible says the Bereans, even though both groups were Christians, one group had a more noble character than the other. The Bereans had a more noble character 
than the Thessalonians. My prayer for you, my brother, my prayer for you, my sister. May you and I have a more noble character than Thessalonian Christians. Thessalonians were Christians, just like the Bereans, but the Bereans had a more noble character. Bible says they received the word with eagerness. In other words, they couldn't wait to hear what the Apostle Paul had to say. They were looking forward. Are you looking forward to hear what Apostle Brian has to say every day or the apostle that God has assigned you to? Are you are you looking forward to hear every day or, or are you just going on Sunday and just dreading hearing on Sunday? My encouragement to you, my brother, my encouragement to you, my sister. Receive the word like the Berean Christians with eagerness. They were looking forward. I, I was speaking with one of my daughters today in Liberia. I don't want to give her name or anything, but she had contacted me very early in the morning. And we were talking about the upcoming programs that we will have next week in the great country of Liberia, city Monrovia. And she told me, she said, Daddy, we are eagerly expecting your arrival. And it brought a smile to my face, you know, because these are the kinds of Christians that will cause God to add a special blessing to their life. My prayer for you, my brother, my prayer for me, may we display a character an eagerness, a, a, a genuine looking forward to the word of the will of God that will cause God to add a special blessing to our life. The Bereans had special blessings added to their life because they received God's word with eagerness. They searched the scriptures, not every Sunday, not on Bible study night, not when they got some free time. They searched the scriptures every day to see. See, I want you to, one of the reasons I want you to search the scriptures is so that you can see whether I'm telling you the truth or whether I'm telling you a lie. Whether what I'm saying is the word of God or whether what I'm saying is, is not. Search the scriptures. The Berean Christians search the scriptures every day to see if the things that Paul said. Now, Paul was one of the greatest apostles that ever lived. Berean said, look, we're going to search the scriptures to see if the things that Paul says are true. May we be modern day Bereans. In the name of Jesus, may we receive the word with eagerness. May we search the scriptures every day to see if our apostles, our prophets, our bishops are telling the truth. We give God praise for your life. Children of God, we're going to take a look at the book of Ephesians. Chapter 2. 
with a special focus on verse 8, Ephesians chapter 2, with a special focus on verse 8. The Apostle Paul writes to us, For it is by grace you have been saved through faith. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift of God. We're going to work from a theme today, children of God. The gift of God. Amen and amen. Let us pray. Eternal Father, in the name of our precious Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Once again, Father, we, we want to thank you for life. We want to thank you for health. We want to thank you for strength. You have put food on our tables. You have given us clothes to wear, shoes to our feet, sight to our eyes, hearing to our ears, Father. So many great and awesome things you have done to us, through us, and for us, your little children. Father, as we study your holy scriptures today, we ask, Father, that you forgive us of our sins and that you open our eyes of understanding we may better know you, that we may better know your good, pleasing, and perfect will. Father, we want to be ready when Jesus returns. We want to spend eternity in your presence. We want to get prepared now for what you have for us in the future. Help us, Heavenly Father. We need you. We need your leadership. We need your guidance. We need your counsel, your instruction to become what you desire us to be. We thank you in advance, Father, because we trust that you are going to do these things for us your little children. We ask these and all other blessings in the mighty, the glorious name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior, our strength and our Redeemer. Let God's people say, Amen. These and all other blessings we ask in Jesus' most precious name. Amen and amen. The gift of God. 
most of us as human beings, we like gifts. You like gifts, you know you do. I like gifts, I know I do. This is one of the reasons why most of us like our birthdays. Normally, loved ones and friends give us gifts on these special days. Most of us like Christmas. It is popular to exchange or to give gifts during this season. And it is normally a very joyous, a very happy time because most of us like gifts. And there is nothing wrong with that, my brother or my sister, even God. I'm hearing the Lord speak in my spirit right now. God says, Robert, even I give gifts unto men. Our Heavenly Father. God says, I know you all like gifts. I know you all like gifts. Well, when we look at various gifts in our lives, sometimes if we are not careful, we can think that certain gifts are worth more than others when in reality, the other gift that we did not think was worth as much turns out to be the most valuable. You say, Apostle, what are you teaching us, trying to get across to us this morning? Of all the gifts that we can receive, whether it be a new jacket from our wife or new car from our husband or new dress from our of all the gifts that you and I can receive in this life God has given us as children of God the greatest gift you say, Apostle, what is the greatest gift? Salvation, my brother or my sister, is the greatest gift. I mean, we can receive gifts of money, gifts of houses, gifts of cars, but salvation is the greatest Gift. Having our eternal souls guaranteed in a place of peace, in a place of righteousness, in a place of fellowship with its creator is the greatest gift. I want to encourage you, my brother. I want to encourage you, my sister. Your salvation is the most 
important thing in your life. Your salvation is more important than mama. Your salvation is more important than daddy. Your salvation is more important than son or daughter, than brother or sister. Salvation of our eternal souls. Now, some of you might not think so. You might, I, apostle, I don't believe that. You might not today, but I guarantee you will. When you and I stand before our creator on that great and terrible day and God is either taking people up to spend eternity with him or throwing people into the lake of fire and burning sulfur, you'll get it then. Some of you might not get it today. Ah, Apostle, what are you talking about? What, what is this you're talking? May not sound like, may not mean much to you today, but I guarantee you there'll come a day in your existence and in mine, where we will realize that salvation, having salvation is the most important thing that we can have, the greatest gift. And, you know, having a great big, a great big uh, arc, a football field and a half long did not seem very important in Noah's day, as long as the sun was shining. But when the rains kept coming, kept coming, kept coming, day 10, day 15, day 19, day 27, day 31, day 36, all of a sudden having an arc, a football field and a half long was the most important thing. Well, what is not important to us today may be very important to us tomorrow. And what's important to us today, God is speaking this in my spirit now. He says it may not be worth anything tomorrow. In other words, our wealth, gold, silver, these things that many of us think are so very important now. On the judgment, that's not going to mean a thing to you. It's not going to mean a thing to me. So I want to encourage you, my brother. I want to encourage you, my sister. Focus in on that which has eternal worth, which has eternal benefit. Salvation has eternal worth, eternal benefit. In other words, Salvation is, is, is worthwhile and beneficial now, henceforth, and forever shall be. Salvation a million years from now, salvation will still be valuable. A million years from now, salvation will still be important. See, gold, your gold won't be important to you uh, 10 million years from now. Your bank account won't be important to you 10 million years from now. Salvation will be. So I want to encourage you, my brothers, I want to encourage you, focus in on the gifts that are eternally, eternally beneficial, eternally worthwhile. Salvation is the gift of God. Now, what do we want to understand? about this gift of God. Look at what Paul writes to us in verse eight. 
He says, for it is by grace you have been saved. It is by grace, God's unmerited favor, not that we have been that good or not that we have done anything to deserve it, not that it is by God's grace. It, grace is more of a show of God's love to us than our love to him. See, when an individual bestows grace or releases grace, that is a show more of their character than a show of the one who receives the grace. You and I received grace and our salvation. Those of you watching this broadcast that are saved, that are sanctified, that are filled with God's Holy Spirit, we have received God's grace. God's grace showed how much God loved us, not how much we loved him. So when an individual displays or bestows grace upon another individual, that tells more about their character than the character of the one who received it because the one who received it didn't deserve it in the first place. The one who received it didn't do anything that really brought this about. The Bible says, for it is by grace, for it is by God's unmerited favor that we were saved. God looked down and decided to pour out his favor, decided to pour out his grace. Not that we earned it, not that we deserved it, not that we should have even had it, but God poured it out on you and me anyway for this. My brother and my sister, we give God praise. We give God glory. We give God honor. When you understand that God's grace has been and is at work and, and will forever be at work in our lives, automatically you will want to give him the praise. You will want to give him the glory. You will want to give him the honor. My prayer for you and my prayer for me. May we give God see, all glory, all honor, and all the praise. For it is by grace. We thank God today for his grace. So many things that God does to us and God does through us and God does for us. But we, it, is, it is the grace of God that it may, has made it possible for you and I to be saved. You wonder, well, why would God save you? And why would God save me? Because he manifested his grace. He manifested his unmerited favor. Now, watch this now, children of God, because we're going to go into this thing now. So, so keep in mind that it is God's grace that caused him to release this thing called salvation. Without God's grace, there would be no salvation for you. There would be no salvation for me. God's grace caused him to release salvation. Just like if someone gives you a, a, a gift of a large sum of money, you know, oftentimes that'll be their, that'll be their grace. See. Not, not that you were so deserving or that I was so deserving, but because of the grace in the individual that released it. 
So, so what we understand is that God has all kinds of things inside of him and all kinds of things that are a part of him and that, but God doesn't release all of these things. What we want to do is we want to position ourselves so that God, our heavenly father, our creator, our sustainer will release the things that he has within him. It is by grace, grace it is by, that, that we have been saved. It was because of the grace of God. God's grace in manifestation that caused him to release the greatest gift known to humanity. The salvation of our eternal souls. Now, it may not seem important to you. It may not look important, may not seem like much, but believe me, my brother and my sister, it is very important. It is very, it is the most important thing that you and I can ever and will ever possess, for it is by grace. It's because of God's grace that he released to you and to me the most important thing in humanity, salvation. Now, being saved or salvation how do we get it? God lets us know through faith. So we have three things at work here. We have grace, we have salvation, and we have faith. Grace is what's in God that caused him to release salvation. Faith is what's in you and I that will cause us to ask God for what's in him. Let me say that again. Grace is what's in God that will cause him to release salvation. Faith is what's in us that will cause us to ask for what's in him, which is salvation. My prayer for every soul listening to this broadcast today. May you have faith. May I have faith that will cause you and I to ask God to release salvation. People that don't end up saved, people that don't, they didn't ask God for it. They didn't ask for it. They lived their whole life in this, this world and, and, and let the devil deceive them into thinking it was not important to ask God to save their eternal soul. Listen to me, my brother. Listen to me, my sister. If you and I don't do anything else in this life, ask God to save your eternal soul. Place your faith in Jesus Christ as God's only begotten son that he lived, suffered, bled, and died, rose again from the dead, ascending on high, and is coming again. Ask God to save your eternal soul. You don't ask God to save your eternal soul. Then God said, all right, then I'm, I, won't, I won't save your eternal soul. You didn't ask me. God said, you, you, you didn't ask me. People ain't going to hell and wonder, why, Lord, why are you sending me to hell? God said, you didn't ask me. You didn't ask me to save your eternal soul. So may you and I make sure we ask God to save us. May we place our faith in 
Jesus Christ and ask God. Bible says if we confess with our mouth and believe in our heart the Lord Jesus and that God had raised him from the we're asking God. Saying God, save us. You know, thief hanging on the cross with Jesus. You know, other thief was hurling insults at Jesus. That other thief said, Man, don't you fear God? We are being punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. But this man has done nothing wrong. He, then he turned. He stopped talking to that other thief. He said, Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. You see, some of us need to stop talking to nonsensical people. Some of us, right today, that thief, at first he was talking to the other thief. Then he stopped talking to that thief. And he started talking to God. He was talking to He said, man, don't you fear God? We are being punished justly for we are getting what our deeds deserve. Then he stopped. Some of us need to stop. Just stop talking to nonsensical people. Stop talking to people that can't save you. Stop talking to people that just stop. That thief, stop talking to that other thief. And he said, Jesus. He started talking to God. He said, Jesus, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. When you enter into your kingdom, Remember me. Jesus told him today, you will be with me in paradise. What did that thief do, my brother? What did that thief do, my sister? He asked God. I want to encourage you today, my brother and my sister, ask God. Bible says we have not because we ask not. Then when we ask, the scripture says we ask amiss. Get in the habit of asking God what you want to know. Get in the habit of asking God. See, we asking men or we asking the internet or we asking Google. Get in the habit of asking God. See, may you and I get in the habit of asking our creator. Grace, salvation, through faith. Look at this. And this is not from yourselves. It is the gift. A gift is something one individual or an entity gives to another. You know, the real sacrifice and gift giving is not it's not from the one that's receiving the gift. That He's not the one that's really sacrificing. The one that is giving the gift, that is the one that's really making the sacrifice. That's why the, blessed, the Bible teaches and tells us that it's more blessed to give than to receive. Why? Because when you give, you're the one that's making the sacrifice. Receiving, you're the one receiving the sacrifice, but the one that is giving, it is more blessed. God says more blessed to give than to receive. Now, when the Lord hit me with that years ago, I had to ask him why, Lord, because, you know, I, I love receiving, as we talked about earlier. Most of us love receiving gifts. God says more blessed to give. And God said, you really, you really want your give. You be the gift giver. You be the giver. 
something. It is more blessed to give than to receive. I had to ask the Lord. I was like, Lord, why? Well, I don't understand. I love, you know, I love receiving different things. God said, it's more blessed to give than to receive, Robert, because when you give, God had to speak this to me because I did, I was not getting it. God said, when you give, you have already received. You and I cannot give anything that we have not received. In order for you and me to give anything, whether you give a, a dollar to your coworker, whether you give a pair of shoes to you, in order to give something, you and I must first receive something. My prayer for each of us, may we receive more, not so we can have more. That's why some people can't, God can't trust them with receiving more. That's why some people can't get a promotion on their job. They can't make more money God, because they just want to receive more for them. But our mindset should be, Lord, I want to receive more that I may give more because you have told us in your word, Heavenly Father, that it is more blessed to give. You listen, my brother, listen to me, my sister, your blessing is in your giving. And if you don't give right, you will never receive right. The blessing is in our giving. It Bible says it is more blessed. Not that we're not blessed when we receive, but God says it is more. Jesus Himself said it is more blessed. More. You your blessings are at this level when you receive, but blessings are at this level when you give. I want to encourage you, my brother. I want to encourage you, my sister. Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give unto your bosom. What we want to do, my brother, and what we want to do, my sister, is to position ourselves, arrange ourselves, package ourselves, like my Nigerian brothers and sisters say, package yourself well. We want to package ourselves, arrange ourselves, so that God will want to give us more. God is either looking at you or looking at me and saying, I want to give him or her more, or I want to give him or her less. And God is looking at like, looking at you, looking at me, and that's what, what he's saying. God is either looking at you. God is either looking at me and say, I want to bless that that man right there. Or God is looking at you and looking at me saying, I want to beat or, or, or curse that man right there. My prayer for each of us, may we be the kind of people that God is looking at just wanting to bless us, just wanting to lift us, just wanting to, to do good things for us. Think about your children in the natural. You have one child, anytime you ask them to do something, they obey, they don't give you problems, they don't give you headache, you know, then you have another child, doesn't want to obey you, doesn't want to do what you ask, 
You ask, ask him to do one thing, he do another thing. Which of those two children are you going to want to, to do something nice for when you get your check? Or when your income tax money comes in? Which one are you going to want? you just going to automatically want to do one. The obedient one. What does the Bible tell you and I? That if we are willing and obedient, God says, Robert, you will eat the good of the land. God said, don't get caught all up in racism. Don't get caught all up in, in uh, Mr. Ah, you just be willing and obedient. And God says, I'm going to make sure you eat the good of the land. But then God turned around and said, if you resist and rebel. And that's, that's what has happened with many of us as African-Americans. We think it's white, so we think it's the white man, or we think it's systemic racism. And you don't understand. It's that you resisting and rebelling. And as a result, the creator of all creation is beating you. He's just using white men, or, or he's using the system, or he's using, but it's God. Uh oh, phone going to start ringing around here. I had to turn it off. It's going to start ringing around here in a little while. We, many of us as blacks, as African-Americans are bl completely blind in this great country of America. We think it's racism that's holding us down. We think it's the white man. We think it's the system. We think all this kind of nonsense. That's because many of us haven't studied our Bible. Many of us haven't studied anything except for some foolishness. God has promised that if we are willing and obedient, now, God has promised that if we are willing and obedient, we will eat the good of the land. God said that, that is what you concern yourself with, Robert Bryan, being willing and obedient. And you watch what you eat of the land. You watch what you eat in the land. It'll be the good of the land. But God says if you resist and rebel, you will be devoured by the sword. In other words, children of God, some kind of terrible punishment will come to us and come on us. Well, what have many of us chosen to be in these last and evil days? Have many of us as African-Americans chosen to be willing, chosen to be obedient? Or have we chosen to try to resist the police, try to resist the soldiers, try to resist the teachers try to resist the authority. Which, which one? You tell me. Resisting and rebelling will cause you and I to be dis destroyed. God has promised that. Got nothing to do with the white man. Got nothing to do with the black man, the green man. That's God's word. That, this, I, that's a spiritual principle that is at work. Resisting and rebelling against a God-ordained authority will get you destroyed. But being willing and obedient. I, I shared with you a long time ago, uh, a police officer pulled me over on the side of the road. That is not a time for me to try to prove anything to him other than how obedient and how many of your directions and instructions that I can follow. That's what I'm that's what I'm trying to prove to you that I can I can be just as obedient and follow just as many instructions as you give me that are not sinful. That's all I'm trying to prove. 
I can do just like you said. Hands up. Hands up. Quiet. T turn left. All I'm what I'm trying to prove to you, officer, you got that nine millimeter pointed at me, is not how much I can resist and rebel. That's crazy. I'm trying to prove to you, officer, how willing and obedient I can be to your instructions, your authority, your God-ordained authority. For there is no authority except that which God has established. The authorities that exist have been established by God. Romans chapter 13. Consequently, he who rebels against authority. And that's that's what many of us like do as African Americans. You said, Pastor, how you know? Because I'm African American. I know our people. I've been dealing with our people almost 60 years. We like to resist. We like to rebel. You don't even realize you bring in God's curses on you. You bring teaching your sons and teaching your daughters to resist and to rebel. You're bringing God's curses on your children. On Teach them to be willing and obedient so that we, too, can eat the good of the land. A lot of good in this land of America. I want some of it. I want to taste it too. I want to eat some of it too. God said, and be willing and obedient, Robert Bryant. I'll make sure you taste some of the good of the land. Let me get ready. Close this message, children of God. Well, we're talking about the gift of God. The gift of an individual shows the generosity, shows the compassion, shows the grace, not of the individual that is receiving the gift. You know, you and I receiving salvation from God did not show how much we love God. It showed how much God loved us. Did not show our grace receiving salvation from God. It showed God's grace. What it showed when you and I received salvation from God is it showed our faith. Even if it was the size of a mustard seed. But it showed much more. I, listen, our salvation showed much more about God than it does about us. It shows that we have faith. Showed God's grace, showed God's love, showed God's compassion, showed God's generosity, showed much more about our God. Look at verse 9. Because salvation is not by works. See? So that no one can boast. For we are God's handy work. Understand, my brother, understand, my sister. Always remember that you and I are God's handy work. God made us. God created us. We are his. We are meant for his pleasure.
we were created. See, since because many of us as human beings create a lot of things, we can we like the idea of creating things or being in charge. But some of us don't like the idea of accepting the fact that we are created beings. You know, you got people that have all kind of pets and like for their pets to be obedient, have have workers. Some of you out there are supervisors, you have workers. You like for them to be obedient. Some of you are parents out there. You like for your children to be obedient. But some of you don't want to accept the fact that you are God's handiwork and God like for you to be obedient. Mm, some of you looking at me real funny. I can feel it through the computer. You and I are God's handiwork. Same way we like for our pets or our subordinates on the job or our children or our, we like for all that. Well, God likes for us. Since we are his handiwork, since we have been created, verse 10 says, in Christ Jesus to do good works. See, understand something, my brother and my sister. God has got a whole list of good works that he intends for you and for me to be doing. Now, if we don't do what's on God's list for us, God's going to have a problem with us. You know, um, and the Lord keeps flashing this in my spirit. One of the things that uh, I like to do um, every day, I like to talk into my telephone and my phone types types what I'm talking. The things that I need to do, whether I need to go to the store or go to the bank, I need to, you know, clean up the house or clean. I talk into my phone. My phone types it out and I'll make a list of maybe five or 10 things that I need to do every day. And as I do those things, then I simply delete them and they just gone. But I got, once I complete that work or complete that job, I'll delete it and delete it out of my phone. Well, I don't like for my phone to get filled up with a lot of stuff that I need to do. And if I'm lazy or I don't want to do then what will happen? My phone will get filled up because every day as I think of things that need to be done, I talk it into my phone. So sometimes I look at my, look at my phone. I have a long list of things that need to be done. I'll be like, oh, boy, this is going to be a busy day. But as I do more, as I'm diligent, and work, get to work and 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 then I delete and clean it up. My phone becomes very clear. Well, understand, my brother and my sister, God has a long list of stuff he wants you to do. God has a long list of stuff he wants me to do. And what one of the things we're going to be judged on, on judgment, is did we do the things that were on our list, our list from God? If God has given you to preach, one of the things God has on the list for you to do is to be preaching. If God has on the list for you to teach or expect, then one of the things that's on God's list is for you to be teaching. Now, let me and you come stand before God and haven't done the things that God have on the list. God is going to have a problem with us. See, we're not saved by works. We're saved. We just understood we're saved by grace. But now that we are saved, God is standing back saying, Robert Bryant, and I'm saying, yes, Lord, get to work. God is saying to you, get to work. 
I've saved you. You've received that. My grace through faith. But now that you've been saved, get to work. I used to have to tell my students that as a teacher. Sometimes, you know, students be sitting in class, you know, we'd have an assignment. And rather than do the assignment, maybe a student wanted to look out the window and kind of daydream. And I'd, I'd sit there at the desk. I said, little Johnny. Yes, sir. Coach B, get to work. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Now, he had two choices. He get to work and all well and good. Or he choose to keep looking out the window, daydreaming, wasting time, not doing his assignment and end up have to be sent to the office. I want to encourage you. I don't know who I'm talking to. I don't know who, who the Holy Ghost has sent me here to talk to. Get to work. Get to work on God, God's ordained assignment for your life. Get to work, my brother. Get to work, my sister. Let's get ready to close this message. Okay. And we understand that we're not saved by works, but we still have to get to work. Saved by grace through faith, the gift of God, not by works, so that we can boast, for we are God's handiwork, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Now, the only way that you and I can do good works is that we get saved and God places His Spirit within us. Because until we get saved, our good works is as filthy rags before the Lord. So we get saved. Now we can do good, good works through created because we were created in Christ Jesus to do good works. Watch this which God prepared in advance for us to do. You say, Apostle, what does that mean? That means that the work that God is intending for you and for me to do, it's been prepared a long time before we ever got in this life. God had something he wanted Robert Bryant to do long before he ever created Robert Bryant. Now, I'm going to either get to work on that while I'm here or I'm not and have to stand before him and explain why not. And the explanation will not be good. And neither will God's response be. God has work that has been prepared for you. That has been prepared to me, for me to do before we were ever born. Well, you didn't know that. That's why some of you just kind of la 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 la. And God is sitting back saying, get to work. I gave you the gift of apostle. Get to work. I gave you the gift of prophet. Get to work prophesying. I gave the gift of evangelism. Get to work evangelizing. I gave you the gift of pastoring. Get to work with pastoring. I gave you the gift of teaching. Get to work teaching. Get to work deacon. Get to work mother, saints, friends. Uh, gift of uh, get to work. God is calling for us to get to work. God said, Robert, I had, look, look, look at what the Bible said. We can make clothes, children of God. God said, I have prepared in advance work for you to do. The work was before you were ever here. 
That's about like my students. Thank you, Holy Spirit, for this parable. Just about like my students in my class. Before they ever came in my class, I had the questions already written out for chapter one. Test for chapter one. The work was prepared in advance. You now just coming in the class. You got to do it. The work was prepared for you and I long before we were in this life. God is saying now that you in this life, now you got to do it. Just like my students, now that you in this class, you got to do the work that has been prepared. The work is not new. There's nothing about the work that's new. The work of an apostle, the work of a prophet, the work of an evangelist, it's not new. God said, I've been here. Now you either going to do it or not. My prayer for you. My brother, my prayer for you, my sister. May we get to work on what God has prepared for you and for me long before the foundations of the earth were ever laid. What we say our topic was today, children of God. The gift of God. The gift of God makes it possible for you and for me to do the work of God. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Lord, that's that's strong. Lord, so say it again, Robert. The gift of God makes it possible for you and I to do the work of God, which he prepared in advance for us to do. Listen, listen, my brother, listen to me, my sister. I couldn't I couldn't do this without without the gift that God has given me, the gift of teaching, the gift of prophecy, the gift of the apostle. I couldn't, no way I could do this. There's no way. Come up here and come up here and talk for an hour a day without even knowing what you're gonna talk about. God said, Robert, you don't need to know what you're talking about. God says, I know what I'm going to talk about. All you need to do, Robert Bryant, is be available and let me use you. Let me speak to you so that I can speak through you so that I can speak for you. Listen, God is the one in powers. The gifts that God gives. Now, God has gives a variety of gifts. Apostle, prophet, evangelist pastor, teacher. All we have to do is make ourselves available and to let God use us. You don't need your car trying to make any decisions about where it's going when you get in it to drive it. You just need the car to be available so that when you stick the key in the ignition and turn it, it comes on. And when you put the car in reverse, it backs up. And when you turn the steering wheel to the left, it turns... You just need the car to be available to do what you want to do. Well, what God wants out of you and what God wants out of me, he wants us to be available to do what he wants us to do, what he wants to do. And that's where we run into problems sometime with God, when we don't want to be available to let him use us. God want us to pastor. We want to watch TV. God want us to evangelize. We want to play on the internet. God is sitting back saying, uh-uh, you see, you're not being, you're not letting me use you to do what I want to do. My prayer for every soul under the sound of my voice today. May you and I let God use us. 
You think about it right here. Got a remote, television remote. You all see this remote. I don't need this remote trying to think what it wants to do. All I needed to do when I when I hit this green power button, I'm looking for it turn television on. When I hit this uh up this channel button, all I need for this remote to do is switch the channels on TV. What this remote, I don't need it trying to do what it wants to do. I need it to do what I wanted to do. God is sitting back saying, I don't need you trying to do what you want to do. I need you to be doing what God say I want you to do. That's why some that's why some people run into problems with God. Can't move with God, can't get their blessings from God, can't receive because they trying to do what they want to do. Picture my hand. Now we have a, a game here in the US, uh children's ride called a seesaw. Seesaw is basically a piece of wood. I see Pastor Agard with us from Uganda. I think we we shared this when I was with you all in Uganda. A seesaw is little children's ride. One child be on one side, another child be on the other side. And when one child goes up, the other child goes down. And when the other child that's down goes up, then the child that was up goes down. Well, understand, with God, when we are doing a lot of what God wants us to do, in other words, what God wants us to do is up in our life, then we are doing very little of what Satan wants us to do, very little of what our flesh wants to do, very little of um, even at times what people want us to do. But when we're doing a lot of what the flesh wants to do, doing a lot of what people wants us to do, doing a lot, then we, that's, we're not doing much of what God wants us to do. My encouragement to you, my brother, my encouragement to me, my brother, may we do a lot of what God wants to do. Now, none of us are perfect. We understand that. No perfect apostles, no perfect prophets, no perfect evangelists, pastors, and teachers. Look, we can spend all our time trying to look at the sin in one another, or we can look at one another and see how God is using them. See, Bible tells us no, no man by the flesh. We all have a flesh. You have a flesh. I have a flesh. Your flesh is sinful. My flesh is sinful. God said, don't know, know no man by the flesh, but by the spirit. And this is what God wants us to operate in. The more we operate in the spirit, less we operate in the flesh. But the more we operate in the flesh, less we operate in the spirit. Children of God, I got to rest now. I got to rest. Uh, we pray that you all have been blessed today, preaching and teaching of God's word. Uh, I know I have been, as I have been, even though I've been preaching it, I'm hearing what the spirit of God is saying to me and through me and for me. And I know that I have been blessed. Um, we do thank God for each of you, uh, for you know your support, your prayers. We give God praise for your life. Um, as we take God's word and apply it more, hear more, understand more, remember more, do more, or apply it more, share more, 
we will see more of God's blessings. See, some of you are in the sound of my voice. You wonder, Apostle, why you always want to be preaching and teaching and hearing and listening to God's word? Because I realize the more of God's word I get, the more blessings I'm gonna get. Some of you ought to understand that. Some of some people don't some people really don't understand that God's word is full and chock full of blessings. And the more of God's word we take in us, we eat and digest, and the more blessings will manifest in our life. Now, I know we're not perfect. We just talked about that. We have the lust of the flesh, lust of the eye, pride of life. The Bible says so. But we know that the more of God's word that we incorporate in our life, the more of God's blessings will manifest in our life. That is my prayer for you, my brother. That is my prayer for me, my sister. May God continue to bless each of you. May heaven continue to smile on us all. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank